I don't like it, but I guess things happen that way. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. I've never heard the song. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to play it. The following program contains adult language and mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Kids in the morning. I So, uh, hey, uh, Mac, do you want to send us in on this one? Hey, everybody, welcome to One Song Each, the game show where each of us pick a song and talk about it. Are we going to introduce ourselves? I'm a legal machine, and with me is... Diablo Frank. Mr. Fix-It. And wh- who's starting what? I don't know. Do, you start? Do, do, because this one's probably hasn't picked his song yet. So do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Mm, you start. Okay. Decided to want to keep it a little bit simple this time, and want to do something outside of the 90s corridor that I, I tend to walk too often. I went with Johnny Cash's Guess Things Happen That Way. Well, you asked me if I'll forget my baby. I guess I will someday. I don't like it, but I guess things happen that way. You asked me if I'll get along. I guess I will some way. I don't like it, but I guess things happen that way. God gave me that girl to lean on, then he put me on my own. Heaven help me be a man and have the strength to stand alone. I don't like it, but I guess things happen that way. Excellent song. I was going through my music on one of my drives back when I when I finally got a drive instead of, you know, you guys were often complaining about how I didn't have enough memory. So I would get like a song or two off of various albums and then that would be all I would have. So I finally got a drive. I could save music and I'd gotten a collection of cash songs. I had several greatest hits albums and also had a set where they were themed. God, all the songs were about murder and, and so forth. Oh, I remember that. So I don't remember which album this came off of. But it was originally released in 1958. It was a big crossover hit. It was a country song, obviously, but it also had big crossover appeal. It was apparently his fourth number one hit. And for me, one of the things I like about it is it's a very atypical Johnny Cash song because it has these elements of doo-wop to it. I'm going through this music collection, and at the same time, I'm going through a breakup. Both of us were fucked up neurotic people, and so it probably wasn't ever going to work out anyway. But I was the one who pulled the trigger on things completely falling apart, and then I didn't do anything to correct for it, and she didn't do anything to correct for it, so it just basically stopped. 
And so I had a variety of songs that would be playing in my mind related to how things wrapped up. But then once I finally started to get past it and move on, I would listen to this song and it really summed up how I felt about the end of the relationship. I don't like it, but I guess things happen that way. But And the whole song is about, I'm not 100% over this yet. Kind of wished I'd done some things different. I wish she'd done some things different. But that's not what fucking happened. This is what happened. This is where we're at. And I just have to accept it and put myself in the right mindset to move on from here. I think it's a very healthy song. It's a very honest song. You do have that sort of sarcasm to the little doo-wop element to it. But yeah, at some point you just have to, well, fuck it and just start hum a happy melody and move on with your life. And so I just really dig the song and I found it was helpful to me. Oh, I just, I love the lyrics to that song. Good song. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sometimes gonna be I, I think it's the lyric where he says, "God gave me her to lean on, and now what is that fucking?" And now lyric? I, I have, I'm walking on my own, or something along those lines. Yeah, it, uh, it's yeah, good stuff. I mean, not, bad, not, bad. not the deepest Johnny Cash song, but it one that had personal significance. So. Yeah, but I can understand how that would, uh, if you were in that situation, that's a good song to fucking tie to. Like you said, it's not deep. I mean, it's, it's telling you what went down. So yeah. if you if that happened to you, then yeah, that should speak to you. My apologies. <laughs> I'm now rambling. Next song, go. Well, nobody has more choices for just a little cash. You can search the whole world over, and no matter who you ask, they'll say Taco Bell has more choices for just a little cash. You better make a run for the border, son. You better make a border dash. We're talking under a dollar. Nobody beats Taco Bell. Where else you gonna get so many choices with just a little cash? Are you going to do a Johnny Cash song or what? Yeah. Go, then go next, next. No, I'm not you, doing a Johnny song. Uh, okay, well then you should be the buffer. Okay, type in. So we're going to listen to the song Yeah, first? listen to the song okay. first. It'll put me in the place I need Please to be. be Humpty Dance. Please be Humpty Dance. Please be Humpty Dance. Could be. So it's Sammy Hagar's Heavy Metal to lighten up the mood a little bit because you kind of went sadness. But this my song still a little sad, too. I haven't seen my dad in a long time. My dad had a really weird sense of humor when I was a kid. I haven't talked to him in a long time, so I don't know how he is now. But when we were kids, he was really weird. Like he would when me and my sister were small, and we would get mad about something. He would start singing. You don't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. Like stone lyrics to this, yeah. like really weird shit like that. And so this song holds a special place in my heart because my dad had taken me, my sister, and his girlfriend at the time, because my parents were getting divorced, to go see Back to the Future. Loved it. And then I thought we were going home. So after the movies, we went and got ice cream. And then my dad takes us to this weird theater out in this on the far north side. And we you get know, in line. You know the theater? You it's it? still there, but it's not a theater anymore. I can't even remember. The building is still there. The theater's gone. And we got there, man. I remember it was... 10 o'clock, 10, 11 o'clock. It was really late. And I'm young, really young. I noticed we're sitting in line and it's nothing but dudes in black t-shirts and long hair. And we stood out. And I'm young. My sister's younger than me. My dad and his girlfriend. And we stood out like fucking sword thumbs. And I'm like, where are we? And then we pay to get into the theater. And I'll always remember this. We're in a line in the theater to this one theater. But by this time, I know it's late because my sister's really sleepy. She wants to go to sleep. She, 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 she keeps trying to go to sleep on the floor. And my dad's like, you're going to like this. So I'm like, oh, are we going to see Back to the Future again? And he's like, yeah, we're going to see Back 
to the Future again. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm all excited. So we walk into the theater, and I'm telling you, all metal. At the time, I didn't know. All metalheads don't know what we're about to see. So my dad puts me and my sister in front of him, him and his girlfriend right behind us. Sister goes to sleep immediately, passes out. So I'm sitting there. Opening is, of course, the legendary heavy metal animated cartoon. This weekend, Columbia Pictures takes you beyond the stratosphere with special midnight showings of heavy metal. Heavy metal. Rated R. This weekend, check newspapers for a midnight metal theater near you. I'm sitting there watching it, and my mind was fucking blown. It's worth noting, also a song called Heavy Metal that starts the movie by Don Felder. This mm-hmm. one is, does this one in the movie? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Sammy Hagar. It's uh, in my favorite part. So there's yeah. anthology of stories of this glowing orb that yeah, tells different stories. It's an animated movie adapting the, From the Heavy, heavy metal, metal magazine. Yeah, which I knew which nothing of. Anthology, yeah. And so this one. Science fiction, lots well, of. Uh, my, my, favorite, my, favorite, uh, my favorite story out of all of them, probably the most favorite one is, of course, So Beautiful, So Dangerous. With the legendary John Candy. What's his name? Um, it's been so long since I've seen The dad from American Pie. Eugene oh, Lovitz. You, uh, uh, Snort. Levy. Oh, no, no, no. no. Eugene um, Levy. Yeah. No, not Eugene Levy. I'm sorry. The Harold late, Ramis? great Held Ramis. Okay. Snort. And the story is... By the way, you're not the first person to make that mistake. Really? No. Well, well, no not, he actually not remotely the first well, person no, to make He that makes that an appearance in it, too. I want, to, I want to say he does, but I can't remember. But I know Harold Ramis is in it and John Candy definitely. Because John Candy is a robot and uh, Harold well, Ramis is one of the aliens. Well, it makes too because uh, Levy was at uh, uh, SCTV TV, yeah. with John Candy, but Eugene Levy... I mean, uh, Harold Ramis wasn't, I don't think. I don't think so. Was he a groundling? I think he was a groundling. Yeah. Yeah, with Murray and them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that story, you know, the androids, they had placed a fake android here with us. It goes batshit crazy because the orb makes it go crazy. They take the robot back and the sexy secretary goes up in the thing and the android decides it's a Without banger. having a context that I can recall, all that you oh. just said was just like, I don't know what the fuck you're okay, talking well, about. Okay, well, just put all, it this All way. I remember is them running around snorting coke. Well, yeah. Well, that's part of the story. But anyway, this is my favorite story. That's the song they play. Actually, they play a, a song before that they play heavy metal as the ship's trying to land and my favorite line is like he's like you know you did a lot of coke man he's like it's okay if you drive fucked up it's all about the perception of it and so he's flying the craft and he's crashing the shit so that song came on
I remember there's a there's a scene where it says heavy metal bar on the side of this big massive ship, and there's a thing that says androids are people too. This stuck in my head because I'm just a wee lad, and mm-hmm. I'm watching this shit. And I'm just like, I've already seen tits, murder, bush. Like I've seen some shit now on this night, and so <laughs> I'm just fucking blown away by what I've just watched. The movie ends, and that was my first taste of metal music. This and one. God damn, that's a rough taste of metal music. Really? Dude, at Wait, the time. one? Really? No, because yeah. one was later, because I remember I bought yeah, that. Yeah, I was about to say, Back I, to the Future was like 84. No, 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 no. I'm, no, no, no. Like this was my first real taste to metal. Like, this was this the first time. Sammy dude. Hagar, heavy metal was your so, first real taste. Dude, I grew up in the hood, dude. We listened to <laughs> hip hop and Mexican music. We can't all be Slayer fans, yeah. dude. Dude, I don't even think Slayer was yet. What year was that? Uh, 81. Oh, no, that was far before Slayer. Yeah, so none of that I mean, shit existed. He saw it a few years later. He saw it probably around 84, 85 when Back the future came out so still no so dude your slap the speed metal did not exist in my thrash world. metal did not exist no I yeah don't. I don't. so this was heavy metal for us like anything that was that fast well unless there, you there was like, heavier shit than had well, yeah, I mean, deep purple and shit like that but <laughs> i really didn't hear that stuff because my mom wouldn't let us it, listen but to what most she listened. of the really heavy shit was still over in great britain i didn't come over here yet. and yet so to me this was my introduction of like fast guitar i mean i'd listen to hendrix but nothing like this where like it's just kind of like fast and kind of aggressive and it's all about pussy and, and just banging shit and getting coked up so I'm like, so I remember watching this and going to school the next day and trying to explain this to people, my friends at school, and they all looked at me like it was fucking insane. And then you were talking at the about, principal's office. No, no, well, no, counselor. I'm like talking, well, I'm not saying, but I'm like, like, like they're fucking and there's tits and people die and there's a robot and he fingers her and I don't know what that means really, but it's something about a finger and it spins her and like, I'm just like going it's a mile a, a minute. But it's a cartoon? Yeah, and it's, and people are like, what? And I'm like, and then we're at the theater at midnight and like there's dudes in like, like dragon t-shirts with long hair and chains and so all my friends in the hood are like, dude, you're fucking like, no, that doesn't happen. What is wrong with you? That, you're that, reminding that, me of when my stepfather and I were looking at a newspaper to figure out what movies to see. And I saw this really cool Frank Frazetta painting in a black and white muddy fire painting. and ice. And then we go see fire and ice. And it's like, wait, this is a fucking cartoon. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? I thought, I'm sorry. I, I, I think I actually had to apologize. It's like, I thought we were going to associate a barbarian movie. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know it was a cartoon, man. It didn't look like that. Did in the y'all picture. Like it? And then we start watching it and we both were like, wow, this is freaking awesome. This yeah. is so freaking cool. I, Cause I didn't see heavy metal until like the early nineties. Oh, so by then I couldn't really get my mind blown by it. In fact, I was kind of disappointed in it. I thought it was going to be more rock and roll, but I was watching this Terran sequence yeah. that they edited onto the bullshit video for the Hagar song. And it's like, man, I didn't remember how provocative like, oh, yeah. she was. And it's like, dude, I she's wondered, nude. Yeah. Dude, the mur- the scene where the barbarians are at the gate. Yeah. That was really brutal. That yeah. fight. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. That's, I mean, they're showing like flamethrowers. That kid gets hit with arrows and they go through his, I mean, it's violent. I probably haven't watched heavy metal in 20 years and i only watched it like one time i really think i need to revisit it because i think i own it i've looked at it with a jaundiced view because mm-hmm. i saw it that one time i'm a pretentious little teenage fuck i'm like yeah whatever and watching that i was like man I, I need to revisit that and of course i'm freaking loved fire and ice and i've seen that many times mm-hmm. over the years uh and fire and ice was my heavy metal is basically what i'm saying well i, I because of this i saw fire and ice mm. like i didn't know at the time there was adult cartoons yeah i think that's around the same time i think it was yeah. before that fire and ice came because at the time you have to remember Cartoons in my world anywhere were you know if if you had a teenage mutant ninja turtle or something that was fucking mind blowing. So to see oh, this, that, no, that was before TMNT. That was eighty seven because I remember because I was in Nevada okay, so, when that came out and I was like, oh my god, an independent comic book has a cartoon now. Okay, that, well, okay, the cartoons I remember seeing is like um, Danger Mouse. Think yeah, because I remember Nick, Danger Mouse. I, didn't have a lot I was of I was never big into Tom and Jerry. I really liked Looney Tunes. Sure. And I really liked Popeye, especially the old stuff because it was really weird and creepy. Betty Boop. That was really old creepy cartoons. Were always kind of cool to me. Stuff. Yeah. And so 
when I saw this, I never knew cartoons did that. And it was so weird that my dad took us to see this. Like he knew what we were going to see. And my dad had this really nasty habit of, we had, I told you the same story where we were supposed to go see E.T. and he took us to go see fucking Poltergeist. <laughs> and so and I you tried, thought there was a, you no, my dad, that you my thought dad, it was E.T. Yeah, my dad and you're told telling us. it to other kids and yeah. the kids are like, what the hell are you? No, doing? my dad's like, I'm like, dad, I want to go see E.T. We're going to go see E.T. and we will see Poltergeist, which the clown scared the fuck out of me. I go the next day to school and I'm like, everybody's talking about E.T. on the playground and I'm like, oh yeah. And then the clown and I'm, they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, there's no clown in E.T. They're like, they rode the bikes. I'm like, there's no bikes. Like, what are you talking about? And I remember for like, I tell people that sort of like no one. I'm like, dude, that's my dad's sense of humor. He's like, yeah, we're gonna go do this, and then you, he fucking takes you to something left field because he wants to see it. Not really what you want because if we, the only movie I remember dragging my dad to go see was Ernest Goes to Camp. Oh. And the minute we sat down, he went to sleep. He snored in the theater out loud, and people were looking at it. And he just <sighs> Ernest goes Ernest Goes to Camp is a fuck classic. Oh, I was, I was a big fan of Ernest back in the day from the Car commercials, commercials. Yeah, the dollar show is where yeah. I saw that movie, mm-hmm. and I think I remember. Didn't they have like parachuting turtles? Yeah, yeah. Played Happy Together at the end and yes. they made a battle wagon out of a bus yeah. and, yes. and, and it was basically just a kiddified version of all oh. the other camp and movies it, they the shot 80s. a booyah base at someone at some point i think so yeah the chefs yeah, yeah i'm sure i'd be absolutely mortified so, to watch that today but i i enjoyed it at the time so i i love my dad for ha- when we were young having such a weird twisted sense of humor to take his young young son to go see heavy metal the animated movie oh it I, explains I, a lot i've seen explains <laughs> Because that was so much. The animated clip that accompanied that song was the most Mr. Fix It thing I've ever seen in my entire really? life. <laughs> oh, it's pure metal. Absolutely. Oh, well, it's pure it's metal. Pure Mr. Fix It. And so it's weird because I, I have literally have seen that movie so many times, disc have broken. There would be times I remember I had the flu and I would put the DVD in and it just would play continuously. I can picture every scene of that fucking movie from start to end. I bought the special edition that has the uncut one pin animation where the ball falls and it was kind of a cheesy thing. They, they didn't add it in at the end. I've watched documentaries about it. I heard about when, uh, who was it? Um, somebody wanted to redo it. Um, oh, they, they did. Remember they made that bullshit. No, 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 not, no, 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 not, not heavy metal 2000 Eastman's. That's fucking garbage. I want to say it was Ridley Scott. One of them wanted to redo a type of heavy metal, not like 2000. 2000 was basically, he took one of his books and animated it and it was garbage. Mm. And he just threw heavy metal on it to get the fans because he owned the series. Cause, because well, again, it was the frack 2000, I think. Yeah. It yeah. Called. Yeah. So because of this movie, I not only loved the movie i started buying the heavy metal comics which meant i had to go to walgreens in the mall and that was the only place that sold them and i would pick Walden it up Bo- you mean walden books no it was walgreens walgreens in a mall yep i think they had walgreens in the mall yep. i think i remember those yeah there was it was a walgreens in the mall are you sure you're not thinking of woolworths though no it was walgreens they had woolworths at one of the local no malls. it was walgreens because electronics always had weird Electronic, magazines bo- electronic can- Boutique was right next to it. Wow, you, that's being too specific. I don't even know which ball you're talking about. And I remember I walked in there, and it, they had it on there, and I'm like, I wonder if I can well, get away with this. Was it a pharmacy or was it a department no, store? No, it was a pharmacy slash store. And so I remember I bought it, and I just showed the lady, oh, it's a comic book. And she's like, okay, and just sold it to me. And as soon as I got home, I'm like, titties, titties, <laughs> metal, metal. And dude, that was it. After that, I fell in love with metal music. And, and here we are. Yeah, well, no, because... Well, yeah, but then because of that, then uh, what was the, the dude that used to have New Horizons? I would go to his shop and buy like every issue of heavy metal he ever had because I was just obsessed with heavy metal after that. But this movie has like a special place in my. Well, artist. you got it from Third Planet or from New Horizons? Well, New Horizons. Okay. He didn't really sell it at Third Planet because it was weird. That was a time where if you knew what the book was, you were okay, and the guys at the counter wouldn't say nothing. But if you walked up going, "Ooh, 
titties. Oh, you can't buy it. It's an adult book. So I kind of knew. And I always made sure to buy the one that was sealed up so they couldn't open it. Because sometimes those assholes at their planet would be like, well, let me look real quick. And they would open it up to make sure it was okay. And so I'd always make sure to get the one that was covered in plastic. And they would look at it. They charged me my, you know, two bits and sent me on my way. It um, reminds me, there was a flea market booth at El Capitan Flea Market. And I had a good relationship with the lady who worked that particular booth. She, she did it, worked it for another guy. She looked like Tracy Bonham. And I was able to sneak a few adult books into my normal comics, and if she paid any attention, she never called me on it. So I, I appreciated that as a teenager. I needed well, that little extra something every now and again. The heavy metal always told so, us. Rumba, Rumba was the one I, I Rumba, well, I was going to say, I remember one time buying a heavy metal, and I guess someone, I didn't do it. I bought the heavy metal, went up to the counter, go to, and I started opening it, and there was a Two Hot Girls, Two Hot Nights or some shit Something like that. Like, uh, the, and I'm like, what is this? I'm like, porn books in this? I thought it was part of the heavy metal, and then I found out, no, that someone had slipped it in there, and I was like, oh, okay. So you got the bonus. Yeah. So I was like, whoa. You got the major bonus. Yeah. Heavy metal never took it that far. Yeah. No, yeah. That well, it was cheesecake. Except for some of the, some of the, well, no, yeah, they kept it. No. Yeah. They never showed any penetration stuff. So it was pretty, no, it was cheesecake. No, no, it was yeah. cheesecake. But someone had put a book in there and I was like, holy shit. And I was still young at the time. So I remember that was uh, quite a day too. That's, that's like stealing a car and turns out you got away with murder. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's like more, I was going to say more like stealing a bike and you find a set of car keys. And yeah. I was going to say, yeah, you, you took it to a dark, dark place. So that movie. What like, else is new? That movie. So I tried to line it up, but still, you know, it was, that's a cool moment. So I don't know why when you were like, pick a song, I couldn't think of anything. And it's like, it's like, uh, like, uh, that Dan Eckward moment. It just popped in my head. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't control myself. This song <laughs> fucking started playing in the back of my head. And so that's what I picked. So hopefully Captain Stern and Giant Muscle Man Mo doesn't start walking down the street, destroying all of our houses or something. So you remember some of it. I remember some of it. Yeah. Well, it was Bernie Wrightson. Oh, was it? But Captain Stern was Bernie Wrightson. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Because I, I like I said, the B fifty two one's a great one where they're shooting uh, that old style fifty two. I, I I think I like that. There was like a skeletal. Yeah, the zombies come yeah. back. I remember some of it, but I need to watch it again. The the, the only way- I, I don't think I appreciated the quality of the animation that I saw there. I didn't appreciate well, you, the relation. You, I think I was just being a pretentious fuck now, so I need to rewatch. Yeah, it. I, I can see that. But the weakest story probably is Den in my mind. Yeah, Den was Den was probably lame. the weakest story, the strongest. Well, because story. the only reason why you really like Corbin was for the art anyway. So oh, dude, once big it's titties. not, yeah, everything yeah. had big titties. Den Even was the dude pretty- had big titties. So yeah, true. Den was the weak one. Harry Canyon was pretty good because it had a cool twist ending. Be- so beautiful, so dangerous is my favorite b52 is really good too captain stern is really good stern of course the last one which is uh tarna which wrapped it all up and that one's really good i never realized she never spoke too never said a word I didn't and of that. course devo comes out devo does a great cameo where they're like this techno band and they do one of the songs even though they do soundtrack. working in a coal mine Now that I think about it, that's a really good soundtrack. Just it, all the oh, way around. yeah. Well noted. I can't think of one bad song on that whole fucking soundtrack. I could have picked any of those songs, but I think that's the one that stands out the most to me. Well, that's not even necessarily my kind of music, but I don't know if it was because of the context or just because I've heard it enough times, but I like pretty much everything on there. Even stuff like Radar Rider, which yeah. wouldn't necessarily be radar, my taste. Radar Rider. But, radar, I, you know, all I do is I picture Radar, Radar, yeah. and then. Radar, radar, radar. I 
I have never seen heavy metal. I don't think I've ever even flipped through a heavy metal comic. But, well, maybe that's not true. Maybe I've th- flipped you have through truly one. Never sure but if you, I you have truly one. never lived. If I flipped through one, it was when we were working at the shop. We had them. We probably tossed through but it. See, those, but see, by then, by the 90s, they it were kind of tame. Yeah. No, the 80s, dude, there was like a nice big block. You were carrying over that late 70s vibe yeah. into the early 80s. 80s. And even by the mid-80s, there was already losing dude, they, they put so so much weird shit in there. Like you, I enjoyed it because you could find a story you loved, a story that you're okay with, and then something you would never would have thought you liked. Heavy Metal Magazine was the closest American comics ever got to Grindhouse because mm-hmm. they were so transgressive they were, and yet still accessible, but you knew you were doing something wrong by oh, getting yeah. Heavy Metal. You knew you were rebelling by the sheer fact that you were buying and reading a Heavy Metal Magazine. And because it was so diverse and because there was a level of artistry to it, while also being a level of pornography, a lot of it was exploitative yeah. shit. But that mix of art and uh, pandering yeah. was magical for people who didn't have cable television and internet and stuff and, like and that. You remember, in my world, dude, we didn't see shit like that. You watched Easy e and NWA and Too Short. And- well, that was much later, dude. No, but what, Late well, no. 80s. Well, no, but we were more into that. Like okay. rap music oh, and stuff. Okay, yeah. Where I started getting into metal because I remember I got into this, then I bought one and Guns N' Roses, and I remember my friends really thought I was fucking weird. My friends were like, "Dude, that's satanic," and I'm like, "No, it's not." And they're like, "Yeah, it's satanic." My mom says it's satanic. You shouldn't listen to it. So I had to listen to shit like at my house by myself in my room oh, yeah. because if now my mom was cool because my mom was like, "Oh, you think that's bad?" Like and she'd put on some shit like you know, <laughs> uh, Skinner, or she'd put on Zeppelin or Deep Purple, and I'm like, "Wow." So that was cool with my mom, but my mom was just cool like that. But like other friends' moms. Mm, you couldn't play that wrong. I played that Johnny Cash song earlier, and that was before my time as far as what I grew up on. But I still grew up on AM Country, hits of the 60s and 70s, the mildest, most common pop songs, a lot of uh, oldies from the 50s and 60s. So metal to me was the scary stuff that yeah. the, the weird kids were into. And I remember, I think it was probably around 85, 86, I was in the room of this dude that I barely knew that was the son of a friend of my stepfather and mother from the bowling alley. And so he's got like... I think it's specifically Bark at the Moon. And I'm like, this is scary horror stuff. I don't know what this is. I was really spooked by anything remotely hard rock. So my first taste of rock was stuff like Def Leppard <laughs> and White Snake. So I had to, uh, it took a while before I got to, it really, I don't think it was until I started hanging out with my brother. My brother was into harder stuff. He introduced me to shit like Metallica yeah. and, and Judas Priest and stuff. But it was a very slow transition for me. So I get where you're coming from where it's like, ooh, that's the satanic yeah. stuff. That's the spooky stuff. The only thing I remember is as a kid, somebody had a copy of Love Gun by Kiss. <laughs> just brought that up. Yeah. That's when somebody told me Kiss stood for kids in service to Satan. I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, wow. This, ooh. You know, so it just it spooked me. I didn't know what the hell that was all about. I didn't know what the people who listened to that kind of stuff was all about. I definitely had judgments because of what I was taught by the media at that time. So 100% understand where all those families were coming from. Now I realize they're all a bunch of idiots. Well, dude, it's just so funny you bring that up. The only guy I knew in my school that listened to metal always wore a blue jean jacket and he listened to Kiss Rat Cinderella and he was like dude this is rock and I remember sitting there listening to him and I'm like I mean that's okay I mean I just couldn't get into it but he was hardcore into it uh, and we called him Trash that was his nickname was Trash and I was just like ah okay and then I would play this and he just he didn't like this and so just for some when you brought up Love Gun like I told you earlier he always reminds me of that dude because he was yeah. part of the Kiss Army yeah, one I mean, Halloween he dressed up very but. devoted fans man I remember back when I had the comic shop I had guys that came in and bought Kiss the Psycho Circus the Todd yeah. McFarlane production with Angel Medina artwork that's the only reason I came to the shop I knew one guy in particular I think he bought like three or four copies of every issue because he was just that big of a fucking Kiss fan and Kiss is some of the weakest 
weakest freaking rock there is. Yeah. I, think I, the, I think their best song is probably Beth, which is a oh, yeah. freaking ballad. I don't even think it's a power ballad. It's just a ballad. But because of the stage show, people think it's, oh, it's so metal. Oh, they're yeah. so badass. It's like, I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Me, chick rock fan, still thinks your stuff's you were still more, You were more metal than him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, check out this Inya. <laughs> This is a Vega. I'm going to turn it up to three and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, Tori Amos rocks harder than Kiss. Mm -hmm. And I I 100% mean that. Tori Amos stuff is way heavier. Banging on a piano, screaming about rape and stuff. Way, way heavier than Kiss ever got. 10,000 Maniacs. No, no, that's still... Four non-blondes. Four non-blondes rock harder than Kiss. L7 rock rock way harder than Kiss. They were just in town too. Look at at our chick band knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) So, that's... uh, uh, that was my pick. Animalize. The Kiss Army lands in Saginaw. Gene Simmons. Mark St. John. The Killer Kiss. On December 11th, Kiss. And the classy metal of Queen's Reich. WWCK welcomes Kiss. The grease is off and the rock is on. Wilkin Productions presents Kiss. Tickets for the second on Civic Center box office. Lucky's Rockerillas and the Multicket World Outlets. Kiss and Queen's Rock. The metal invasion begins. There's nothing like a hot and heavy Kiss. All right, you can put mine on. I don't even know if we need to listen to it. I, I'm not doing my Johnny Cash or I'm scrapping that for me. Sometimes the theme works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. You, you did Hagar. Meh. Okay. So what's your song? My song was Jesus Built My Hot Rod by Ministry. Soon I discovered that this rock thing was true. Jerry Lee Lewis was the devil. Jesus was an architect previous to his career as a prophet. All of a sudden... I found myself in love with the world, so there was only one thing that I could do. It was ding-a-ding-dang, my dang-along-ling-long. So this song, what year was this? Oh, 1991. So this was probably like 92 when I first heard this song. I got a lot of my musical influences through my older sister. I don't know where she got them from, but she collected, you know, the record inserts that would basically, it was like the, you know, you had your vinyl record and there was usually like an insert in it that had the uh, 
it was the actual album cover, right? Mm-hmm. So she didn't have a lot of vinyl. Well, maybe she did have a decent vinyl collection, but she would have the inserts all over her walls. So she had Alice in Chains and Megadeth and all this stuff, all extreme, everything that was big in the early 90s, right? I know. <laughs> I like how you've got that outlier extreme. Well, I mean, hey, look, man, more than words. But it was, I mean, all that stuff. Even, you know, what was it? Uh, Mr. Big. Anything that was played on MTV. Suddenly extremes less of an outlier when you mentioned Mr. Right. Big. Slaughter. But my best friend at the time, he and his brother were a little more extreme into metal and shit like that. So as I got with them, I kind of went further, like beyond your Megadeth Metallicas that I had already was a fan of, but into shit like the Misfits. I heard Ministry for the first time. And what tricked me out was like, what the fuck is is you can't there's not a fucking word and there's like five words in that whole song and the rest of it's basically Beginning gibberish end, yeah. right it's, it's just gibberish but the reason why it's Jesus but my hot rod was that my buddy who was my age his older brother who was his musical influence and they had fucking shaved heads and mohawks and were into recreational drug use and stuff I didn't get into because I was like whoa that shit kind of freaks me out but hey we're friends that's cool and even then it was more like I never saw my friend do it but we knew his brother was doing it. you know what I mean like mm. you, you kind of know what's going on even though you don't ever actually ever see it going on yeah and you can see him and his friends, and they're older and fucked up or whatever. But he had – we were at – I don't even know where we were. I don't know if it was his – because his parents were divorced. I mean, we might have been at his dad's house, and his older brother was staying with his dad at the time while he was staying with his mother. I don't remember why we were at this house. But he had – there was a commemorative edition, Jesus Built My Hot Rod motor oil you could buy. The hell? It was a fucking quart of motor oil. Must have come from a concert, right? With – I have no fucking clue where they got this thing, and I'm sure. Or maybe you, they sold sure the stickers and you just like threw it on top of no, an actual. Can. No, it was it was an official court of ministry. Jesus built my hot rod motor oil. Wow. And I was like, this is the weirdest fucking and you pay there's motor oil in it like yeah. it was a real quart of motor oil it was the weirdest fucking thing ever and i don't listen to tons of ministry but i will never forget this quart of motor oil and all the music they're one of the those two brothers my my buddy they're kind of what led me down going more into heavy metal and a lot of the stuff i listen to now but freaking dude jesus built my heart and that and i'm a huge car guy too so that song has always been jesus built my hot rod it's a love affair mainly jesus and my hot rod and, and that song is just freaking goes like a madman for five there's even extent and there's like the album cut i think is like seven minutes long yeah. something just ridiculous but yeah i will never freaking forget that quarter motor oil it was a quarter motor oil and he had like a closet full of 1970s and early 80s playboys they were just bizarre too because that was there it's a whole different genre once you hit the 90s everything sort of changed oh yeah a closet full of playboys and a ministry jesus but my hot rod quarter oil this was my childhood <laughs> I, I was just thinking that you get a really nice mix CD with this at the beginning and Satan is my motor by cake at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, and then lots of cool uh, car songs in the middle also by cake, potentially. Uh, very likely. <laughs> most of them, yeah. I had no idea that Gibby Hayes was in ministry. What the hell is ministry? Because, I, you know, like every Halloween, uh, you'd hear every day is Halloween by ministry, which is clearly goth. And then this is like some gonzo rockabilly type stuff. And then you hear like their later stuff that's more industrial and more electronic. <laughs> what the fuck is ministry, sure, man? That's, that's the ministry I know. Thank you for, for participating in our podcast. 
Um, well, and they all split. I think I want to say multiple of them are. Yeah. Well, like too. I said, I didn't. I never knew that Gibby Hayes was in ministry. Was he there earlier on? Was he just here for a certain period? I always knew him from Butthole Surfers. <laughs> I, I noticed yeah, I, that there's some ministry was first. I believe he split off and did both. Yeah, yeah, and and that it explains a lot because I could be totally wrong. It with that. seemed to me like he was conferred an esteem that the butthole surfers alone wouldn't have provided, and I never got that. It's like, oh, he was in ministry too. Well, that makes a little more sense now. But yeah, I don't know what the fuck ministry is because every time I hear a ministry song, it sounds different from the last ministry song. I respect it, but I'm confused. I need to probably investigate yeah, ministry mi- more. Ministry, and that was another, that's another reason why I ministry kind of stands out is because I ministry just sounds different. They sounded different from everything else I was listening to and that was on the air at the time. By the way, uh, my Bloodlines podcast has a ministry song as its theme song. And it doesn't sound like anything like this either. It does? Yeah, that's a ministry song, yeah. It's called uh, Bloodline, I think. I'm pretty sure that's, that's Bloodline. Why I chose I'm pretty sure that's song. Bloodline by Slayer. Oh, is it Slayer? That's Bloodline by Slayer. I'm a bad yeah. person. Yeah, sorry. That's, okay. that's a freaking amazing. Great video for that uh, song, by the way. Automa, Argus, Ballistic, Cardinal Sin, Channel Man, Chimera, Edge, Freight Train, Geist, Gunfire, Hackrack, Harry Force, Hitman, Jam, Joe Pack, Gloria, Crack, Layla, Lionheart, Loose Cannon, Megabiter, Mongoloid, Myriad, Nightblade, Output, Power, Prism, Razor Shark, Rod and Jane, Rod Samaritan, Shadow Strike, Slingshot, Smart Shot, Terror Smith. Wow, that's a lot of radical trademark names. And you may not have heard of any of them, but they were all introduced in DC Comics' 1993 Summer Annuals. Most went on to figure into more stories within their four color universe. Many earned their own spotlight series, and one became a cult hit from acclaimed creators. While the comics of the 1990s are often derided. For me, as a longtime comic book reader, I found a deepened fandom and a safe harbor from the Chromium Age in the DCU. I fell in love with the history and legacy found in generations of heroic mantles, and my journey into this continuity largely began with Bloodlines. Join me, Diablo Frank, as I explore the more overlooked areas of DC Comics' superheroes, beginning with an early 90s intellectual property generating stunt and fanning outward towards other obscurities and icons from throughout decades of sequential art stories, all flowing through the DC Bloodlines. Podcast available on iTunes, Shout Engine, and the Internet Archive. Are you sure? I thought that was a ministry song. Bloodline by Slayer. Okay. I stand corrected. Yeah. Um, spill the blood. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I, and, and that's another thing, which too, by the way was conspicuously absent from the last episode. I know, man. I was, I was waiting for it, but yeah, I, 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 I undersold the shit out of that episode because I just wanted it gone. And it sucked too because I love the comic, and I think you can tell from the episode. I actually had a grin when I listened to the episode, but between the unintentional yellow face and child pedophile motherfucker and shit, it's like. Fuck, this is... So, right after, what's his name? The Weekend. I could have released it in December, but I was so concerned. I had to re-record a bunch of the dialogue for the Nightblade character because I had just gone, with a Chinese accent. I was going <laughs> to... Yeah. I, thought, I wow. thought that was why you were warning at first. I yeah, really... yeah. Oh, yeah. That was definitely... Good. Well, it, it wasn't quite that bad, but it was bad enough. So, I was like, oh, man, we have to go in there and re-record all that shit. I didn't even want to listen to it. And then, finally, I committed, okay, I'm going to put out the new bloodlines now. I'm going to start... I'm going to get it done this weekend. And then, that shit fucking drops. He let me know, I think, Saturday morning. Jo- the- Gerard Jones. And I, and I thought he died at first. I'm like, Pedophile stuff. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, was, he wrote the comic book that I was covering yeah. in the Bloodlines. And I'm he like, didn't hear the episode, so he's okay. not going to Okay, so it's heavy on sex and sexualized violence. Uh, it's still, it, well, I toned it down, but there's still strong artifacts. I'm like, ooh, ooh. I flushed that episode. Because I didn't I tweeted it, and I was hardly. like, Gerard Jones, what the fuck? And you were like, what? And you're like, holy shit, I thought he died. <laughs> and then it turns out he was planning to release the fucking podcast of the I was issue, editing it that weekend. The issue of Bloodlines that that motherfucker wrote and a character he created. And I've got one more besides, you know, <laughs> that wow. he wrote to, to knock out, yeah. Yeah, you so going to release it? I haven't even recorded it yet. Yeah. All of the comments we got are like, did the best you could yeah. with the, yeah. what happened. Too soon, too soon. Weird, yeah. weird time, sorry about the timing. Like, you yeah. treated this well, just really bad timing. Yeah. Yeah, it was bizarre. I was wondering if you were just released it just to get it out. And then yeah, was like, exactly, because I didn't, I didn't want to, I, 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 I was purging myself, like, this episode is But no, then first. I realized, oh shit, he had been working on this bef- right before yeah. this shit dropped. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh no! Not I was planning on working on that weekend, but I'd recorded like a month earlier, and mm. it's like okay, now I've got to do it now, and it's like oh boy, I really need to flush this fucker now. So yeah. uh, creepy, creepy. Okay, <laughs> but back to oh, so and that was the other thing with it, and you mentioned that the the concert deal like that had to be from a concert. I don't think I'd ever really come across any band props like mm. that. I, I don't know if that's just something that I parts of the country I had lived in at the time. They, I don't think a lot of tours came through there, mm. so I don't know if I, I would have other than band tour shirts, obviously. Right, the only right. Run real thing. I don't think I'd ever seen something like that ever. I, I, but you know, because you can. Well, you had your tenacious D, D thing. You, know, you can buy weird stuff like that now. Um, but it seemed like I mean, I don't know if it was because of my awareness, but it seemed like the production, the manufacturing necessary for stuff like that, didn't really come up until like into the nineties when they started actually being able to get stuff like that made, networking enough, and and collaborating with manufacturers. Well, I mean, honestly, could have, could have that kind of well, promotional stands out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm looking to see if I can find this. Yeah. Right there. That was it, motherfucker. And it, it was apparently a thing because there's quite a few of them. You were selling them or what? Does it say where you, where they came from? Actually, I wonder if it's in the wiki. I didn't do any research on the actual song, obviously. Okay, so it was a promo sent to record retailers when the, it was coming out. As the label warns not to be used as a sexual loop. Yes! That was, uh, yes, 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 yes. I, I thought for sure. I was going to mention I was like, but I couldn't remember if that was just one of us making a joke about it being used as lube or if it was actually on the bottle. And it was. It was on the bottle. It said not to be used as sexual lubricant. And apparently the single sold 1.5 million copies worldwide. Damn. According to the Wikipedia page, Al Jorgensen said that Gibby came down completely drunk off his ass to the studio. We were in at Chicago. He couldn't even sit on a stool, let alone sing. I mean, he was wasted. He fell off a stool about 10 times during the recording of that vocal. He made no sense and it was just gibberish. So I spent two weeks editing tape of what he did. <gasps> That's as rock and roll as it gets, brother. Uh, were you good? One song each. So we got a Facebook like from Ali Bats and Twitter attention from the 108 Sage, Ali Bats, Bat at Shapirak, Bone Dragon Comics, Brody's Kitchen, Cash Flag, Chris at Bat Books for Beginners, Dr. Ange, Dr. G Nerdologist, Dragons, Sexy Robots, and Adventures Podcast, Ice in the Face, It's Plastic Man, Jared Albright, the Yard Sale Artist, Joe Crawford, Keith G. Baker, Kevin Dodgy, Christados, Longbox Crusade, Max Romero, Rad Adventures Podcasting Network, Randy Caldwell, Relatively Geeky, Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast, Ryan Daly, Sean Michael Ortega, Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast, Siskoid, Terrence Castingway, Trekker Talk, and Unearthly Visions. 
Dr. Ange wrote, my favorite episodes from the Rollspine crew. Reminds me of my radio DJ days. Ryan Daly wrote, I've never heard this particular cake song, or really any cake song other than The Distance, which I didn't like, so I never gave the band any other consideration. Frank Sinatra sounds pretty interesting, though, so I may explore more of their stuff. These arms of mine, on the other hand, great choice. It may not come across on the needle drops of my various podcasts, but I love Motown, R&B, soul from the 60s and 70s. Sam Cooke's Bring It On Home to Me is probably my favorite song ever, and that's long before it was used in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. His live version from the Harlem Square Club is the best performance of the best song. The Animals cover is also pretty good. Never guessed Frank was such a Patrick Swayze fan. One song each is a rolled spine podcast. This is a not-for-profit fan production. Any copyrighted materials used is believed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended. Please leave your comments and criticisms on our website. We especially encourage participation on this show. Feel free to call in and leave a request. Maybe you'll even get featured on the show. We thank you for your rapt attention. So let's come in now with a word about coffee. Yes, Geraldine, nothing stimulates a person that keeps you focused quite like good old caffeine. Black coffee. Mmm, so good. I'm glad you like it, too. Smells so lovely when you pour it. You will want to drink a quarter. 